look at people online and Instagram and you watch the videos and they're like, get off the couch, start doing burpees. They give you this gigantic like workout. And it's like, bro, I've been sitting on the couch for two years. I don't know if I can do that workout. It's almost like you've got to dumb it down. You've got to make it easy. There was a guy he talks about in the book who didn't work out, but all he did was, all right, for the next week, I'm going to drive to the gym and drive home. website, see how everything's going. Literally, no lie, Julian. They call me back and they go, listen, you don't need our help. Everything you're doing is perfect. It's I never organic. heard that before. I swear <laughs> to God, Joel. They said, everything is organic. You're crushing it. Keep up the good work. And I was like, I don't realize what I'm doing. I'm just being me. Right. But I got to say, you know, the touch on that. And the reason why is because growing up 13, braces, glasses, pimples, couldn't play a sport to save my life. You know, I look in here, I'm looking at all the athletes. I'm like, oh, I hope he doesn't talk about sports. I hope he doesn't talk about the Eagles or the Phillies this week. You know, but I do know they're winning. I know that much. But um, slowest kid learning in school. Mm. But the martial arts, it really impacted me. It changed my life. I finally got that mentor that I was looking for. So, you know, it's When did like, you get into it yourself? Like how old? I was 13. Oh, so right then? Yeah, right wow. then and there. Right then and there. Couldn't play a sport, like I said. Um Father was around, wasn't around, broken up household, two older brothers that weren't setting a good example at that time. So I was like, man, I just don't fit anywhere, fit anywhere. Mm. So going to the martial arts school, it really is, you know what's nice about it is that no one compares themselves to anyone else. Because when you step into a martial arts dojo, you're there for you. You're not there to compete with the next person. Obviously, if you want to get into some competition, but the whole... The main realm of it is to step on that mat and become a better version of yourself. And when you start focusing on you and you get around people that believe in you, that's the big thing. I mean, I was sitting there one day, Julian, I was 14 or 15. I was an orange belt. I sit in my instructor's What's office. What's the order again? Just so I know. It kind of goes from light to dark. It right. goes white. Some styles are different, but generically it's like white, yellow, orange, green, blue, brown, black. Got it. And the reason why is because in like the 60s or in the 50s or when people were studying martial arts, they just had a belt that tied their uniform together. But if you train for a long time, that white thing that you tied your belt together got bloody, it got mm. dirty. So the darker it got, it kind of looked like that was more mm. how long you were training for. I never knew that. Yeah, That's and how much cool. progress you had and how many people you know you were working with and maybe fights that you were in. So that's the 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 lineage of like, why white to black? It gets darker. Right. All right. And then, um, where was I saying before you that? Were, you were saying that you were talking about like you. There's no comparison there. And then you started talking about the belts. Oh, so I'm sitting there with my yeah. instructor. I sit down, and he's sitting in front of me, and he's like, "Mark, can I tell you something?" And I'm sitting there, no lie. My shoulders are down like this. I'm like, "Yes, sensei." He's like, "You're gonna make an unbelievable black belt one day." And when he said that, all of a sudden was like, ah, oh, the light came on. Me? And mm. confidence comes one or two ways. One, you learn how to do something. You learn how to fight. Now you got confidence to protect yourself. You learn how to do a podcast. Now you got confidence to do a right. podcast. So when you learn how to do something, you get confidence. But the second way is borrow belief. What was so, the first word? Borrow belief. Okay. Meaning borrowing someone else's belief. 
Mm. Here he is telling me he's the sensei. He knows it all. And if he's telling me that, hey, I got to believe this. He must know something I don't know. So I'm going to follow that. So borrow belief. There are two ways that you can get confidence. It's like your mom telling you or your dad believing. you like, JD, you got this, man. Like, yeah. Let's do this. It's like, I believe in way. you. It's like, wow. That happened for us with the, uh, the main dojo when we bought it. We had literally had an opportunity to open up the, the new dojo where we're at now. And I told my mom, I said, mom, there's this opportunity. It's a half a million dollar building, but in two years we have to lease it and buy it in two years. Mm. And I was like, we only have like 40, 50 students. And if we open this up, we have $700 in our bank account. I don't know if this is possible. And she looked at me, she said, Mark, this your whole life you've been wanting to be a martial arts instructor and have your own dojo. And she said, you got this. And no lie, when she said that, I was like, wow. Here I am 30 years old, still needing mom's advice. But I had another friend. It's funny. She said, Mark, you got this. And I had another friend who looked at me, male role model. He was like, don't be a pussy. Step up. <laughs> so it's almost like you have these you two the, caring things, the right? Worlds, yeah. Mom was like, oh, thanks. I tell this guy, he's like, dude, don't be a pussy. Step Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Right? Yeah, I love that. It's good. You know what, though? It's good to have because that's that's another form of the belief, yeah. like you're saying. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, great to, it's great to experience it in different ways because that also – that attracts like different parts of your brain. In one way, you feel like warm and happy, and in the other way, it's like, oh yeah, yes. fuck, let's get to work, baby. Yeah. And having both of those meet together, it's perfect, powerful. Yeah, definitely. And so back to like not advertising. Back to you saying it's it's authentic. You mm -hmm. know, for me, my grandfather died, a, uh, committed suicide, mm. and then a few years ago, my dad committed suicide. Jesus. So for Sorry me, to hear that. thank you. But for me, it's it's the this self-development, it's real. It's just like, if I don't wake up every day, like I have the chemical imbalance of just like that bipolar, like I had that. Never knew I had it until later on in life. But if it wasn't for the martial arts and the personal growth, like I live it, like I'm naive. So whatever I say to people, it's like, hey, it's worked for me. I don't know all the answers, but this is what I have done. And people can see that. So that's why we don't have a sales script because we really mean what we do. Do you, with and if this is too personal, you don't want to go there, no, no problem. But with with your dad and or your grandfather, mm -hmm. one or both, do you? Were there any specific reasons that you and your family knew of after they did it as as to why, or was it just not just, but like was it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, they, I guess they were really depressed. Asking my mom about my grandfather, because I never met him, but she said, you know, he had just the highs and lows because back in the day, he didn't really understood the highs and the lows, what was bipolar. Now it's so popular. But I can speak for myself. And when I speak for myself is I was in sixth grade 
And I used to go to the guidance counselor and I would just cry. And she'd be like, what's wrong? I'd be like, I don't know what's wrong. There's nothing wrong, but I'm just crying. Like, I don't, I don't. And that happened throughout my life, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I just thought I wasn't motivated. I just thought like, mm. man, it's like, well, like get yourself together here. Like, let's, let's move forward. But it, it, it was short. I'd feel a little sad and then all of a sudden I'd be good to go. Feel a little sad, good to go. Which why I think I got addicted to the self-development because watching or listening or reading something motivational, it kicked my endorphins, it got me excited. 17, 18, highs and lows, never looked at it until later on. And what studies show is that as you get older in life, the lows become longer. Yeah. And it gets more challenging. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. I should ask that the next time. I, I think it's, I, I, and this is just my guessing out there. I'd love to hear people in the comments who know a lot about this kind of topic chime in. But I, I think it probably has something to do with a, like the combination of meaning and mortality, right? Because the older you get, the more you recognize that like death is a real thing. It comes for everyone at some point. You right, don't know right. when. You actually appreciate that, I guess, as opposed to like when you're 10, you're not really thinking about that. And then you're also, you know, once you get out of college and you get into the world, you're starting to find your place in it. And especially if that can take time or if you end up somewhere you don't want to be and perhaps you feel like that's the world's fault and not yours or a combination of both and you don't really know how to take control of that. At some point you may say like, oh, am I not, am I not really putting my worth in the world? Like what am I – what am I when I'm gone? Like, will anyone remember anything I did? That's that's important to people, yeah. you know? Which is why I'm looking at your sign, Simon Sinek on the wall. Like, your why? Like, what's your purpose? That's what right. drives you? You know, no one has ever said his name. He's the one guy. No one has ever said his really? name in here. I'm pumped someone finally did. See He's that? Fucking great. I'll never forget. I was talking to somebody about the Phillies, or I didn't know it was the Phillies, a couple of years ago. And they were going on and on about this guy, Howard, Howard, Howard. I don't even know his last name now. Ryan Howard? Yeah. <laughs> and they're going on and on. I'm just like, I was like, what are you talking about? Because I don't do sports. <laughs> and then I was like, well, do you know Tony Robbins? They're like, no, who's that? And it's mm. it's funny. It's like people know more about the sports, but self-development's becoming a lot more popular because of like YouTube and yes. social media. You can see it more. But it is a very uncommon thing. Like it's it's okay to talk and complain and be negative. I mean, it's that's what that's what you see on TV. That's what sells, unfortunately. But to kind of sit around and talk goal setting, talk personal growth, talk self awareness. I mean, it's getting easier to do it, but that's kind of weird. It's corny. Like it's the self help section. Like no one goes down that section in the in the library. You know why it's corny? I think because so many people jumped on that bandwagon on social media to create pages just about it. Without any, again, like I mentioned this point earlier with you, like you build everything you do off an actual expertise and and, and right. getting tangible results through something that doesn't have the word self-development on it. It's like that is a byproduct of what you're doing. Right. There are a lot of people out there who just create a page like 10 ways to get yourself motivated uh, gotcha. today. And maybe if they're like a good speaker, they, they get on camera about it. And it's like cynically over time, <laughs> if it doesn't work for people and statistically it won't work for at least the majority of people they'll be like well what the fuck does this guy know or what does she know what is she even talking about you know what i mean yeah. so it's like to your point 
that's where the corniness or like the cringiness even right. comes in. But when you look through these fucking feeds on phones, and I can imagine, you know, for the kids, it's got to be like this in a lot of ways. You see more and more motivational tactics coming through. And yet you, it, it feels like you see less and less people doing anything about it other than watching the next video that comes up later that day. Right. And being like, oh, yeah, cool. That made me feel good. Dose yeah. oxytocin. Now I'll keep doing the same thing. And all the while, I'm just sitting on this fucking phone, not right. doing anything about life. You 100%, know, hundred percent. Yep. What I found was kind of going back to your question earlier about my dad and right. learning and grow, going through it. As I got older, I think it was 38, and I just finally I was at a seminar. Thank, thankfully, going to a, a motivational seminar. I mean, it was a self development, not like a rah 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 session. But the guy said, the strongest thing you can ever do is ask for help, especially as a man. The strongest thing you can ever do is ask for help. Now, me, I was never a believer in medicine. and um, In medicine? Like in medicine. In general. Like, uh, well, just like, oh, you know, you're depressed. It's all love. It's like, no. Right, right. right. Work out. Do this. Like, you know, let, let's go. I mean, I was a believer, but I wasn't naive to it. Like, it does help people, but. It's made, it's made for some for, people. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well. I was always the self-development guy, goal setting. You don't have enough ambition. Come on, Mark, you got this. Like, let's get fired up. You know, let's get excited about a goal. That's your problem. And when I tell you, Joel, the best marriage in the world I got, I got the best mom in the world. I'm living the life of my dreams. I get to wear pajamas every day to work, right? It's like, it's amazing. I'm surrounded by great people. I get to teach positivity. So that's all I think is positivity and growth. Um, I'm on the news, like, one of the top martial arts schools in the country. And I would just wake up the next day and just be like, well, I just want to lay on the couch. Mm. And it's like the soul comes out of me and I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. It would, and this went on and on for years and it got worse and worse. And then here I am at the seminar and the guy said that I was like, man, I was like, but, but I don't want to take anything. I'm Mark Moore. I'm coach Mark. Like, Everyone looks at me as the go-to guy. Like, you know, you know the answers. And let me tell you something. 2019, no, 2018 was when I went on Wellbutrin. They put me on a antidepressant. Mm. 2019 and on, best years of my life. Really? It's been absolutely amazing. It's still been a struggle. It's the first time I'm sharing this. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being open. You know, I figure, you know, I'm getting to the point now where it's like, have your message, you know, help others. But I'm still also still kind of at that point of like, you're Mark Moore, you know, it's like <laughs> that mask, that imposter syndrome. It's just like people right. see me as being this. But can I you think, tell people what Wellbutrin is who aren't familiar? Yeah, Wellbutrin is um, an antidepressant. So it's it's like an all-in-one. It's, it sometimes helps people with attention deficit disorder, uh, bipolar, highs and lows, but there's so many out there. And I'm like, with my ADHD, it's like, I'm just like listening to doc really quick. I'm like, just give it to me, whatever I need to get out of this. So I don't know too, too much about it. But what I do know is that you have to like anything else, you take it and you kind of keep an eye on it. You track it. Because for me, even taking it like 2019, Julian, it was the best year. I was like, wow. It's like, I know what happiness feels like. Before I used to fake it, like, all right, I'm, I'm happy about this. 
and being the guy was just like no drugs it's like and i did everything i was in great shape you know because the doctors will ask you like are you working out absolutely of course um you setting goals yeah like how's your financials amazing how's your marriage out of this world like do you get to help people like i do everything that you should be doing and still down just want to lay on the couch so by taking the Wellbutrin, it kind of kicks you out of that mode. And um, but did you feel like it changed? Like like I I want to make sure I'm clear in how I asked that because I never taken Wellbutrin yeah. or anything, so I can't know. But like, do you feel like do you feel like the same person with it? Just like a better, a, a more clear version of yourself, or do you feel like? Oh no, it, it made me like a different person. Yeah, so I'll tell you two things. One, starting out in Wellbutrin, I took two tablets a day. And that was like, you know what it did for me? It it fulfilled me. Pull that in just Sorry. a little bit. Yeah. It, it brought me to life almost. It's mm. like, instead of forcing, instead of like getting in the car and driving to work, it was like, oh my goodness, this is so challenging. Like the littlest things that you would just be like, dude, just do it. Right. Like it's so challenging. So it gave me that like, oh, like the, the the mundane things were just super easy to do. And I was excited, longer periods instead of the highs and the lows. Right. But then after a couple of months that wore off a little bit, I had to take more tablets. I got to a point where I was six tablets a day oh, after shit. a year. And then like another thing that like kind of was like a booster to that. That put me in like a downward spin it was like more of like a horse tranquilizer. It was like for people like psychotic. That kind of made me feel different. That made me feel like, like just numb to the world. Yeah. Then I listened to Joe Rogan <laughs> and Jordan Peterson, and mm. he was talking about the meat diet, the the, the carnivore diet. Mm. And I was like, I love steak. I love chicken. I was like, maybe there's something here to this diet thing because Jordan Peterson was antidepressants. And he doesn't yeah. take anything anymore because yeah. of that diet. And I was like, let me try this. And they did a whole year of fruits, vegetables, and meat only. And fish. Like, basically, I just don't eat any processed carbs. When did you do this? 2020, 2021, or? What year is it now? 2022. Probably mid-2020. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like, uh, what's that? Stepbrothers. Dude, I haven't had a carb in six months. <laughs> I haven't had a carb, Joel, in two years. And the reason oh. why is because it's going off of, it works for me. So I know wait, you haven't had any carbs in two years? No. The only carbs I have is from fruits and vegetables. Now. And that pulled, you off, that that pulled you off where the well shrimp was getting out of control. For one whole year, I did that. And, I, and you have to like taper off. I taper off all the medicine you didn't do any didn't do any holy shit so i still stay with the diet no carbs no french fries or anything like that and people are like how do you do that and it's like tony robbins says how do you do it yeah you do things for two reasons either to gain pleasure or to avoid pain so for me the pain of being on the couch not being excited about life you know my wife you know, basically cleaning my diaper and making sure everything's still going well, holding holding the dojo up afloat because I'm just not actively there in my mind. That pain is worse than not being able to eat fries. Mm. So I'm oh, avoiding that pain. 
That's good. And chasing the pleasure of of feeling good and feeling myself consistent. But you're, here's the thing, though. You're not just avoiding pain. You're proactively preventing it. Correct. There's a huge difference with yes. that. Yes. Because, and it's not to say, like, I think sometimes we demonize in society. How do I want to say it? Like, we'll question anything where someone could do something where, where it's like, oh, are you taking the easy way out on, on anything? And by the way, most people take the fucking easy way out on everything. Yeah. So it's actually a fair thing to kind of have that attitude. But then you see someone like you who has always been moving, always doing something, always actually building, like literally seeing the chart of life and through your business and what you do for other people go like this consistently. And yet you can still have your struggles. So you also like in your struggles looking to looking to solve some of those problems or get a kick, you recognize when when things actually are masking other things, it appears, just yeah. based on your timeline here. And you go and say, well, what? how can I get to the core of that? How can I – what are some ways that I could do right now where I can write it down and say, I'm going to do this and then this may happen. Like, let's track it. And you do that. And like with food, I have been thinking about this more and more because I don't get to – I don't really have the luxury of picking out what I eat. I, I eat well, but I eat the same shit over and over. Cause like I'm, I'm in that period where I'm working all the fucking time going to eat is right. a job. It's yeah. like, get it done. It's not enjoyment or whatever. And I eat, you know, brown rice and like lean ground Turkey and stuff, but I literally have that every day. That's not great. So I've been starting to think now, like as I, come towards the end of this era where it's fucking 24 7 seven days a week and i can like invest in myself a little more I've, I've gotten so aware of how much what you put in your mouth impacts every fucking thing about your day and it's not to say you have to eat everything perfectly or be as like insanely disciplined as you clearly are i'm not saying people need to be like that but you know it's like the little things like do you eat the shitty granola bar or do you eat a Quest bar, right? right. Or something like that. You don't mm -hmm. think anything of it. You don't look at the nutritional label to like get all micromanaging of your day. But like the difference between that 13 grams of sugar, 200 calorie bar and the 250 calorie, you know, 20 grams of protein, pretty fucking solid Quest bar is monumental in what happens up here. Right. You know, and so for you... Not having a carb, obviously, like more excessive, <laughs> and it seems like you like to yeah. challenge yourself. But the clarity you got to have from having almost, almost no toxins whatsoever, just based on what a no carb diet, for example, would have to take into account, has to be insane. Yeah, it's when you going back to like you saying having this or having that. You got to ask yourself. And by the way, I mean for those that don't know, JD is shredded. I mean, he is jacked. I came in here <laughs> training and mom with mom. Did mom train you? Not really growing up. Not because she couldn't. She would have been great. It's just like that mom-son thing. Yeah. Like, you know, on your mind. Like, did you I play sports? About it. I did, but I was average. I was really, I was very small. Like, I grew in height when I was a junior in high school. So I finally got some height, but I was a stilt. And then I started lifting weights when I was 20. And I got very by choice happily addicted to that right good 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 um i think i think it's like how you look at things it's like is this gonna like the quest in the granola bar scenario is this gonna fuel me 
or clog me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do I want to do right now? It's like, what does my day consist of? It's like you take out your planner or you, you look at your calendar, like, what do I need to get done today? And you got to look at that as like, your life is your field. Like one thing that we talk about the dojo is, yeah, you may not be a champion in baseball, but you can be a champion in life. Being a champion in life is like so much easier because you're yeah. just trying to be the best version of you in your arena. So your ring is your life. So it's like, if you want to dominate life, it's like, you want to train like an athlete. You want to eat like an athlete, like be an athlete of your life. Yeah, maybe you weren't a baseball player, but having energy for your kids, having energy to achieve the goals that you want to accomplish, like that stuff requires energy. And if you want to be able to do it well and do it for a longer period of time, you got to look at your meals. You got to look at your food. Is this going to clog me or cleanse me? I want to be fueled. I want energy for the next 12 hours. How am I going to get that? So now you start looking at the food as a different perception of it. It's like, I'm eating to do well. I'm not eating. It's like, what do they say? Like, you know, eat to live instead of live to eat, Mm, you know? And it's the small, but food's funky though. It's like, everyone has their beliefs. It's like politics, like carnivore diet or vegetarian or I don't eat that. It's it's very hard and everyone's different. Everyone has like a different DNA. So, what works for you may not work for someone else. There's but, different options yeah. to your point. Yeah. You ever hear of the book called Food Rules? No. By uh, Pollen, I think is the last name. Michael Pollen? Yeah. Really? I got to check that out. Julian. I don't know that the one. The simplest, easiest book. And he talks about everyone can agree with these seven words. So if you're sitting down and listening to this right now, you do not need a nutritionist or a seminar on nutrition. Eat Food, not too much, mostly greens. Eat Mm. food, not too much, mostly greens. Meaning eat real food. Yeah. Eat real food. Like you have to cook it. Not too much. Be like a samurai. Samurais, they would say 80% full. Because a samurai, they didn't know when they would have to go to war. So they want to pig out. Yeah. So be, don't overeat. Have the, you ever like look at a bowl cereal and be like, actually look at the portion size of things? portion sizes of things recently like, a lot more or just yeah, yeah have you yeah it's like man like when you put food on your plate we put a lot on our plate but yeah, if you actually I have do. the 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 portion size that it allocates it's like not much at all like my my wife she was in a fitness competitor she would step on stage and the meal she ate was like a little piece of chicken a little bit of rice and it's not eating a lot and the last thing was mostly greens we can all agree that greens are good for you you know, they, they come fill from you the up. earth. Yeah. Apes eat it. Yeah. Think about apes don't eat meat. Yeah, they and don't they're, for they're the most jacked. part. Unless they're like eating each other because they're pissed off. That's different. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And in the food rules books, every page is something simple. If it comes through a window, don't eat it. Think about it. You're probably at McDonald's. If it comes through a window, don't eat it. That can be applied to a lot of things, though, beyond just like the the why. What are the, you thinking? The drive-through window, because I'm like where my head actually went before you made it obvious on like the fast food reference was like if it comes through a window, I I don't know why, but I started thinking about like factories and stuff and oh, like okay. and like the processing part of food because that's another thing too. Like you're saying this without saying this right now. Yeah, the little teeny tiny like microscopic ingredients that i can't even fucking pronounce them or say them right now i'd have to read them on the thing that are in fucking everything that we buy at the food store 
you can't tell me it's not some global conspiracy or whatever like some people try to say but you can't tell me that any of that shit is in any way good for you or that some of the health afflictions that we have you know be it even things like the most common thing unfortunately which is like higher rates of cancer and stuff isn't coming from that of course it is it's gotta be well if a third grader can't pronounce it don't eat it it's in the book that's a good one if it's made in a plant don't eat it if it comes from a plant eat it back to your factory if it's made in a plant don't eat it if it has more than three ingredients don't eat it and it's almost impossible purely these days but the if you can stick to the things that are closest to not being that i think you're probably in good shape yeah you know and live a healthy lifestyle like work out and stuff like that if you um i was listening to somebody the other day and it made a lot of sense he's like you look at people online and Instagram and you watch the videos <clears throat> and they're like, get off the couch, start doing burpees. They give you this, this gigantic like workout. And it's like, bro, I've been sitting on the couch for two years. I don't know if I can do that workout. Like, it's almost like you got to dumb it down. You got to make it easy. In the book, Atomic Habits, he talks about it's like, it doesn't have to be hard. Make it so easy. There was a guy he talks about in the book who didn't work out, but all he did was, all right, for the next week, I'm going to drive to the gym, put my shoes on. They say a marathon runner says the toughest part is putting on the shoes. Yeah. Put my shoes on, drive to the gym and drive home. He never went in the gym, but for seven days, he just made it simple. He got in the habit Mm. of just driving to the gym. He literally would go in the gym the next week, go to a treadmill, turn it on, get off it, and go back in his car Pieces. because now you're starting to build that momentum you're starting to feel that feeling of success success breeds more success and bitching and moaning breeds more bitching and moaning do you believe in the concept that once you allow one thing to happen it can all go downhill like the minute you give up ground on a, on a habitual thing like i don't know why this is the example coming to mind but like maybe it is a good example though like in a workout, if you do, if you usually do five sets of 12, but today you're not quite feeling it and you do five sets of 10, tomorrow you might do eight. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do you believe in that? Like like that gamification of like once you tell yourself that voice in your head says, well, you're a little tired, you can do it. Now the threshold will drop and suddenly like, Oh, well, you were a little tired. Yeah, you're a little more tired today. Now you, you know what? You don't have to do it today. You see, right. like it yeah. goes like, boom, Oh, I see like what you're that. saying. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I guess it's, I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger reading an Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding back in the day. And he wrote in there, it's like, listen, even I, when I go to the gym, like, I don't feel like being there some days. He's like, but giving it 20% is better than not going at all. So I think it's your perception on how you're viewing things. And it's your talk. Like, you got to have good self-talk. It's like self-awareness. There's a guy named John Maxwell. You ever hear of John Maxwell? It's a common name. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Most leadership leadership books ever written. Over 100 leadership books. Amazing pastor. Really good. What he does is he he talks to the business world in business language and leadership skills. But his whole goal is, you know, it's like, Sooner or later, it's just like you're going to find out, wow, he's really about faith and about a man of faith and church and things like that. So he's done a really good job with 
kind of separating the two, but allowing you to kind of find your space and all that, mm. you know, just if you just want to do self-development or if you are somebody, a, a person of faith, like the Bible and things like that. It's like he does both and then he tries to blur the lines a little bit for people. Does a really good job with it. But my point of saying him in his book called 15 Infutable Laws of Personal Growth, the first is self-awareness. Like yeah. you got to know who you are and where you are. So when you're having those bad days, oh, I only did 12 today, I only did eight today. It's just talking to yourself. Like you have bad days, you know, Julian, this is going to happen. You know, tomorrow's a new day. Hit the reset button. It's three questions. Hey, you know, why did this happen? What did I learn from it? And how mm-hmm. can I make it better next time? Do you ever write stuff like that down? Yeah, I have, I have a book called The Daily Dojo Planner. The Daily From Dojo da- Planner. The Daily Dojo Planner. And um, and the whole, my, I've been a success junkie ever since Don Palmucci with Program yeah. for Results. And I've always loved, you know, uh, goal setting books. And they're all great. There's so many great ones out there. But for me, I was like, you know what? Let me, I've been really good at like mixed martial arts. What makes mixed martial arts so great? You can, if it goes to the ground, you know how to wrestle. If it stays standing, you can box. If it's tight, if it's far away, you got Muay Thai. So it's your ability to put things together. And I've always enjoyed that because of my attention span. Like I used to, um, I always talk about how my instructor's rolling over and is great because I did martial arts traditional with him. And then I went on to the fitness world, did personal training. And then I became a wedding DJ. So I got to know (laughs) music. So now when you come to one of my classes and personal growth, it's all of those things. It's like Bruce Lee meets Tony Robbins. The music's on. The energy's up. You have that. Wave. What do you like? What kind of music? I mean, I like it all. But if I'm a, if I have to say, it's like I'm an EDM guy, hip hop. Mm. But I like it all. Only just, just not country. I'm so with you, bro. I'm so my man, with you my man. My man. I respect. I respect good country. I just, I'm from New Jersey. I can't relate to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, you like stuff that, that amps it up, it sounds like, a little bit. Yeah, but as I've gotten older, and ever since Cobra Kai, I know we're really getting off traffic now, track, uh, track now. Sorry, that's what but we're here for. 80s rock. For some odd Love reason, yeah. I was really never into it. But now... It's a different sound. I'm enjoying the different sound of it. It's a different... 80s rock, like, the first things that come to mind are, like... The Police and David Bowie, where they just did, I'll, I'll fuck up some of the terminology musically there, but there was just a, a more, actually no pun intended with David Bowie, but there was more of like an outer space sound to it. You know, it went from just like, you had the 60s, the earliest stuff, you know, like the the Beatles come in with just like making you move, and then that developed into hardcore like rolling stones led zeppelin stuff and then something happened in the 80s where they just you know like you could even draw on like scarface and the music there that's not rock but that whole like synth like almost like what is that what else is out there sound it fucking it's its own era man it's funny you say that because when i'm on when i have to do desk work which i hate i put on 80s synth i go on youtube Mm. 80s synth synth what is it synth I mean, it's working with synths, but there's more. But there's better. Tunes. I like. It's funny you say that. I love that stuff. Yeah, just background music. There's no vocals. But uh, going back to dipping back, if I did twelve reps, eight right. reps, yeah. and being self aware, back to the the planner asking me, you know, it's like, is that what you tell yourself every day? It's like in the planner, hey, what went well today? What didn't go well? How can you fix that? 
And I learned from Brendan Burchard. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He no. has a book called uh, High Performance Habits. And I'm a- I've heard of that book yeah. actually, yes. And I got certified in his coaching program. And one of the coolest questions, this is great for if you have kids too, or teenagers, or um, and for yourself as well. If I'm talking to a kid about a struggle they're going through, I'll simply ask them, hey, Bobby, if you had a friend that was getting bullied, what would you advise him to do? So now they're not looking at themselves as being the one being bullied. Now they're like, well, I would tell Bobby to do this, 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 and this, because we have the answers. It's within us. Mm. And by looking outside it and inward, it's a lot easier to coach yourself. So, hey, what's your main struggle right now? This week, what was your main struggle? Oh, I was eating bad. You know, I was going out on the weekends and drinking too much. If you were coaching somebody, how would you advise them to get through that struggle? So now it's like you're looking at your challenge a little bit different. And that's in the Daily Dojo Planner. Questions like that. Makes que- you go outside of yourself. Yeah. Questions control the conversation. So the quality of the question, like Tony Robbins says, the quality of the answer. So if you're asking stupid questions like, oh, why does this always happen to me? This sucks. Woe is me. You're not going to get good answers. Hey, what can I do to change this? You know, what can I do? You know, what what would be a better route? You know, people that are successful and that have confidence on their way to success, they have many paths. Yeah. But if you're one person, it's like, oh, this is, this is the only way I'm going to be able to do it. I tried that one diet, never worked, so I can't lose weight. Wait, there's like 50,000 other diets. Keep finding different pathways. It'll give you hope because there's more, one, more than one way to get there. And it'll give you the confidence knowing that if this doesn't work, I can do something else. If you are trying to do an ask of somebody in life, which, by the way, is, is very important for pretty much anything you're trying to be successful at. You're going to have to ask for things at some point, like, mm-hmm. can I get together with this person to get an opportunity to talk with this person, whatever it is. It's To me, the psychology is exactly what you're talking about right now because it's much better to ask a question that that leads to – making the other person join you in solving the problem rather than asking a question that is that gives them the opportunity to say yes or no. And I still will fuck this up all the time because it's sometimes it's like hard to think about, well, how could I ask this and not be weird? But you know, if you ask in an email, hey, can you meet on Tuesday or would you be open to a conversation? Well they can just say no. Right? But if you say How can we how can we make it work when you're going to be in New York in January because I may know that so that we can get together. I'll make I'll move I'll be able to move my schedule around. What what can you do with that? Well, now they have to they have to process like you instantly make them visualize the schedule in their head so they didn't visualize like the fuck you I'm not doing this. Right. <laughs> so they're already trying to work on it. And what you're talking about right here, I love that like trying to say like well if it were your friend or your your kid or your parent or whatever and they were going through x and x is exactly what you're going through it makes you have to step outside 30,000 feet in the air and say well is now they're thinking about that person well that means that they would be doing this and now they need to do that and then suddenly it's like oh well wait a second i could i i could do that now the battle just becomes not then talking yourself into the 
well, but it's different for me. Right. You know, that's that is a struggle too. It's huge. It's huge. It's 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 um it's like, man, that was such good advice. I should take it myself. Like when mm-hmm. you give advice to somebody else, it's so good. You're like, bro, why don't you apply that to you? But I think it's hard. It's hard in a way that life is life. It's hard. I mean, it's yeah. a, I forget who said it. One of the big top philosophers, but life is struggle. But when you set goals and you have ambition, you can manufacture your hard. Mm. It's going to be hard, Julian, to wake up late, not be motivated, not exercise, surround yourself with negative people. Like you're sooner or later, like you're going to be like, all right, well, this is like the pandemic. All right, great. We're off for a week. Like people were pumped for like that first week of off, not having to do anything. Yeah. But over time, you don't feel good about yourself. Like, like you're meant to do shit. With other people too. Yeah. So that's hard being fat, sick, and lazy and dumb. But it's also hard going after your dreams. It's hard trying to become a better version of yourself. So you literally get to say to yourself, well, what hard do I want to choose? One of them's going to give me a better outcome. The other ones, I'm just going to sit my own stuff and not improve. So it's like you got to ask yourself, yeah, it's going to be hard. So every day it's, a, it's, it's I don't want to say grind, but it, every day you just got to keep yourself in check. But it's like it's like that my, my, my mom and, the, and my buddy Joe Coco who called me the pussy. It's like you got to have both. You got to have compassion for yourself, but you got to be tough on yourself. It's like, hey, bro, like back to I only could do eight today. So again, it's fulfillment in life. It's like art. It's like today I'm not feeling it. So what do I need to do? What's the best I can do today? If typically I do 10, all right, Mark, it's like you're not feeling your best today and that's okay. We have bad days. Compassion. Tomorrow, it's stop being a pussy time. It's like you got to step up your game. You got to keep yourself in check. So you're constantly going back and forth from those two to help guide yourself through the hard days in order to achieve the things you want to achieve. It's funny because I'm listening to this and I'm a little bit, I'm I'm definitely OCD with with how I treat myself. So when I ask you a question about like the reps, for example, that is something I absolutely think about. Like, I'm like, oh my God, if I don't do it today, that means it's going to be worse tomorrow. And I I shouldn't reiterate that in my head. I I should look at it with more of a being able to say like day to day, okay, am I performing? Am I giving everything I have? Am I putting myself in the best position to do what the goal was today, which in that case was to work out and have a good workout? If the answer is yes to those questions, you should be able to say, hey, my body's telling me like no on that thing today. And I just always struggle with that line. But with what you're saying about having compassion for where you're at during the day, could part of that also be like you got to take an action afterwards in the sense that, let's just stick with that example. Let's say you feel like you only got 10 reps today when it's usually 12 or it was 12 yesterday. That might be because you're tired as fuck or you, or also a combination of you're not in the best mood. So you may say, okay, well, how did I get here? I got here because I only slept four hours last night. I got here because I ate like shit at lunch today. I had, I had regular pasta instead of like brown rice or something simple like that. 
And so tomorrow, what am I going to do to not feel this way? Well, I'm going to have brown rice instead as my carb. Well, for you, that wouldn't be relevant, but for me, that's relevant. Okay, I'm also going to make sure that I'm in bed by X time tonight and I sleep for, you know, seven hours at least, which I can measure on my eight sleep right there, which use the link in the description and code trend to fire check out t-r-e-n-d-i-f-i-e-r $150 off your own eight sleep pod pro cover today we Bam. got that in i don't have to do the ad Bam. now but you see what i'm saying like you can plan it out a little bit right yeah. and that actually can then make that quote-unquote compassion not be like and this is how i think of it in my head like not be the 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 cop out to try to justify what you're doing right now you know yeah well what what you did and what you're saying is you had the off day and now you're saying tomorrow I got to dig deeper back into the – that's where people go wrong. Like the the more you don't feel like doing it, the deeper you got to fall into your structure, into your routine. And that's why most people don't do well with, with having those bad days because when they have the bad day, they're like, well, I guess I can't do this. Uh, I, I tried to stop drinking Monday night. Come Friday, I drank. I guess I can't do it. But – the more of a routine you have, and if you know your routine, now you're able to see, whereas you, you have the routine, you're able to see where was I off? Where do I need to make the adjustments? But most people, they don't have a routine. They wake up and they go and they react to other people their whole day. This person has an emergency, now it's my emergency. This is wrong over here. This person needs this, that person, and they're reacting. But when you wake up with a purpose, it's called the purpose spear. It's like if you wake up and you launch that spear, you're now focused on where that spear is. It went 50 yards. I see the spear. That's my goal. That's where I'm going. So you run to the spear. And what do you do when you get there? You pick it up and you launch it again. Mm. So if you're focused on the purpose spear, if you're focused on what your what your goal is, you don't see the little potholes. And if you do hit one, you're like, ooh, that was a little, how do I correct that? Where, where, where was that? That was a little bit to the right. I got to make sure I don't hit that next time. So if you know what your structure is, if you know what your week should look like or what is a perfect day, like what's a masterpiece day? It's waking up at six. It's having my meal at this time. It's doing this at this time. Checking my emails at this time. Taking the kids here at this time. If you know what a masterpiece day is, you now know how to take the temperature on it. It's like today was an okay day. I give myself a four out of one out of five. What will make it a five tomorrow? I got to make sure I don't hit the snooze button. Like, Whereas you, you're able to do that. You know, I was a little off. I didn't have the brown rice. Where most people, they don't have the structure to fall back on the routine or what was wrong. Yeah, it's and it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a paradox too because the point of a routine is to minimize your variability because variability is what leads to not making decisions and having too many decisions to make at the same time is where it kind of kind of gets the opposite but it makes sense it's like you you want to have your ideally you'd love to have the day blocked out like hour by hour exactly what you're going to be doing because then it's like that list and you get to go down and boom i check it boom i check it boom i check it and it keeps you accountable at the same time that requires planning and reducing your ability to have to adjust to those potholes or whatever. So I'll, you know, I can relate it to my life because this is what I got to see every day. But I think you can understand as someone who built a business where it was probably hell there for several years, you know, getting it off the ground and everything. So you get it. It's like, 
I don't have enough hours in the day. I work seven days a week. It's nonstop. And I find that recently my biggest struggle is just figuring out where to start with one of the 20 things I got to do that day. And so what happens is there's time that's wasted where I'm not wasting. I'm at the desk. I'm doing something, but my head's here and then it goes there and then I start this, but then I cut over to that and, you know, it, like obviously I have ADD, but it's still like even when you, you get yourself into something, you're thinking about the thing that you haven't gotten into and it's like, oh shit, if I don't accomplish that other thing by the end of today, today's a failure. But you know that like the thing you're also working on right now, if you don't accomplish that too, today's a failure. But it's not even possible to get to both of them and have them accomplished by the yeah. end of the day. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like that's happening in my brain all the time. Like what do you do about that? It's like going back to like saying earlier, like success is a science, Tony Robbins will say, but fulfillment is an art. So again, mm. it's like your day is, it's artwork. It's like, but you have to also know the book, the one thing. All right, I have all these things I have to do, but what's the most important mm. thing that if I get this done, it'll make everything else seem unnecessary. So there's always that one important thing. Number two is your back, your block time. So I have 20 different things I have to do. How do I, I'm going, I'm doing this and I'm, I get to sidetrack and I gotta go over here. I feel you on the, on the ADD, cause that's me too. 50 minutes, they say in the high performance book, Brendan Burchard did a study of like the top CEOs, doctors, all these great people that get stuff done. 50 minutes is a good amount of time to block out to sit down, get all in. So if you have 20 things, let's just say you have 21 things, seven days a week, three of those things done each day, and you'll spend 50 minutes on those three most important things for the day. 50 minutes, block time, no distractions, no cell phone. And at the end of the 50 minutes, get up, move around, get some water, shake it out. Mm -hmm. You need to recover. And I'll tell you why that's important in a second. And then your next block time. So it's like finding the most important thing, then blocking out some key times, but also making sure that you're recovering. Because back to the structure, a race car goes around and around and around and around. It stops at the pit stop, not because there's something wrong, to prevent from something going wrong. So you, you're like, boom, 50 minutes, it's a good amount of time. 10 minute break, pit stop, zip, 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 zip. Looking at my day, where is this? You know, I'm a little off with this right now. All right, I'll catch that up later on when I'm at the, you know, when I'm taking my car for an oil change. I'll do those things at that time. So you're almost trying to chunk things together. You're being smart. You're constantly looking at your to-do list. All right, I got this done. That was great. Actually, I got so much done in this 50 minutes. It took care of the thing that I have to do on Wednesday. That's now done. I don't have to do that on Wednesday. Mm. So you're like strategizing. You're taking breaks. You're looking at it. You're seeing what's most important. It's just having that art, that finesse as you're going. You got to be flexible. Because if you set yourself up, it's like, all right, I do this, 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 and this. One of them doesn't go well. Now you're like, oh, I knew I, shit. You feel like the whole I left thing out. Yeah, on. like I didn't yeah. do well. I'm upset with myself. Be flexible. Be like yeah. water, Bruce Lee says. <laughs> like water? <laughs> yeah. It's, and I think a lot of it, and you can probably tell by the way I explain it, or like thinking about your own experiences too, where you had to like get some shit in line like you were saying earlier. It's like, 
you say it out loud and then you realize you're creating a lot of these things on your own because you have some sort of fear, like some sort of anxiety about something that hasn't happened, which could be in this case, like, if I don't get this thing done, then this will happen. And that means that this will happen. And that's all bad. And you get so worked up about that anticipation that then you start sweating and then you're like, well, what about this thing over here? When in reality, if I could, like this is me trying to solve my problem right now, like you were talking about. It's like if I could just say like, all right, is the work quality? Am I focused when I'm doing it? Am I maximizing the time that I actually am setting aside to do this? And am at the end of that, at the end of the day with all these things put together, have I made at least some time for myself to the point that I can go to bed charged for the next day? Like, I feel like if I could get, I I guess that's like maybe three things right there. If I could get that done, then it wouldn't, the, the focus on what's going right or wrong here wouldn't be so much on the, did I get all these things actually done together throughout the week so that I can move to the next week and start the new things versus did I do quality work, take care of myself and actually feel accomplished you know what i mean basics are the most important part of anything when a fighter goes back to the corner yeah and he's exhausted the trainer doesn't give him this specific like outline thing the guy's dropping his right hand when he does that he turns his soul he's pivoting he goes what does he say first breathe and he mimics him like he does it for him breathe how do you feel you look great out there He's motivating them. It's basic. How was your day? What did you do well? What are you proud of yourself about? What could get better tomorrow? You know, you you can't be like, there's nothing wrong because there are things that have to get better. Yes. But if I was to ask you, well, one, there's always something that you got to do. Like you could always be doing more, right? But it's like what it's reminding you why you're doing it. Your why, like Simon sank on the wall. It's like, what do you feel proud of yourself that you built today? Because obviously being a podcast person, you're probably like, I got I to gotta create shit. You're a creator. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing about being a creator. Like people that hate are not doing anything. Yeah. And they're judging everyone else. When you create, it's like life is awesome. Like yeah. that's a growth mindset. You every day, you're progressing. If I was to ask you, because it's probably like a thumbnail. It's like, oh, I want to dial up my thumbnails better. But if you just did the thumbnail, that's done. But it's, yes. it's it's like wanting to do better. And that's where you kind of get caught up probably sometimes when I want to do more. You just nailed one. Yeah. So what are like the key things that you have to do for the podcast? You're asking me right yeah. now to say, okay. Yeah. I got to put out an Your episode. Your basics. You're I, like. I got I to gotta have a guest scheduled every week. I got to put out an episode that's edited correctly and with all the details done correctly down to the branding on it and the correct cutting of camera angles to a T. I got to have that out every week. And then I have to create, I have to create content from that in smaller snippets to be able to get out so that people can have my show in front of their face as much as I can at quality, right? So a way, a way that that actually 
recently might be getting a little better solved for me is like with my marketing content, that was the thing I was able to make a difference on. Meaning like there's so many fucking podcasts out there. I was like, you have to find the one, like, can you find one thing about a podcast? I don't know what it is that like you can be the best in the world at. And I realized, holy shit, for all the amazing creators online in podcasting, people aren't really producing producing good short marketing content there's like none i'm like the bar is so low i could be the best at this because i'll spend the time no one else will and i do and like frankly yes on youtube my numbers are like the best on views per video for podcasts feel like i earn that but it comes at the cost of they take 15 to 20 hours a piece to do so what can i not do i can't put out one every day and so then this one kid i know fucking guy starts a fan page on september 1st and his job in that case is just like he downloads the full episode off YouTube and then just takes the clips that are noteworthy, puts a little music on them and puts it out. He doesn't have that brand that I have where it's like I got to create all this stuff that takes so long. He can put out more. So now he's putting things out in front of people. So the most important thing on the back end was that third part, which is how do I get bits and pieces of this very long podcast in front of people that entices them to watch more. And I do feel like to give myself a little credit and really actually to give Alessi who's running that page and doing an amazing job, some, some serious credit is that we now have bridged that gap a little bit such that I know that if I'm focusing on the episode and the quality and spending all this goddamn time on intros now, which I do at the beginning of episodes or also then creating some of that high quality short content, like there's still stuff happening that is driving some awareness to the podcast. So that's like, I haven't, now that you made me say that out loud, I haven't really given the show itself credit for that, but it's also, it points out the fact that Someone's given me some help for the first time. I've never had that. I've done every single thing. My, he launched that September 1st from September 15th, 2020. And when I launched the show and before that, when I was building it till then, no one had ever touched a single thing on this podcast. And now there's a kid doing a fan page. Like that's, that's progress. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what's, that's what successful people do. It's the delegation. It's like, yeah. all right, what is my main thing I'm good at? That's booking the person, getting them in here doing the videos. I mean, is this the same setup every time? Oh yeah. Okay. When you were saying, you were saying oh, I had to correct, you have to do the setup. Is that what you meant by this? When did the I- The camera s- angles, I gotta make sure this is good. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I'm, I'm referring more to the, the, I know what you're saying now. You I'm referring you- to the post edit because what I do is I have to take- Post edit, got it. Like camera, camera, camera. Mike, Mike, I do two mics. I have a backup as well in case like actually for a second, the mic here went out for about 15 seconds okay. early on in the podcast, mm-hmm. but I have the audio right there. So I'll Got plug it. that 15 seconds in, right? So I have to then, after we're done, put all this together, line them all up, get it so that the mouth is moving at the same of, as the audio for the entire time we're talking, which means you have to self-adjust that. Yeah. And then I go in on the multi-camera afterwards and I have it set up and I got to click from angle to angle based on who's talking or who's reacting to something. That's what I'm getting at. Do you there. have that in your schedule where it's like, all right, on Mondays I do this, on Tuesdays I do this, or you kind of like, you go off a of feel? I have to do it off a of feel, unfortunately, because... I record any day that the person can. Okay. So it's not like I record on Fridays. Well, if Fridays aren't good for some people I'm going after, I won't be able to record with them. Right. I've recorded 
on every day in the history of this podcast, I've recorded on every day of the week, multiple times across it. Even if I have more favorite days that ended up working out, you know, be it a Thursday or Friday, sometimes I've recorded a lot of Mondays, a lot of Tuesdays, Sundays, Saturdays. I've recorded as early as 9 a.m. in the morning, though, like today we're doing 10.45 a.m. That is the absolute earliest I will ever do, right? It worked actually because I yeah. planned it ahead of time. Yeah. Like I'm going to go to bed earlier the night before, so I felt good today. But I usually like to record 12 p.m. or later. But I have started a recording at 11:30 at night with someone, right? So I can't say like Wednesdays when I will edit right. the episode. It's like, well, how long was it? When did we do it? You know, that's one thing that does suck right now because I'm not in a position yet where I can set that. When I'm when I'm huge. And I can get whoever the fuck I want in here and stuff. And I'm not doing that part. I really don't have to worry about that as much. But right now, it's a really good point you make. It's like that does make my battle of like the routine more challenging. Right. And there's got to be other ways I can make up for that in some of the other things I do. So it's like, okay, well, I know I'm going to have to edit one episode a week. What if I can make sure I got the actual edit and everything done in a day? Then I could know that the other five, six days, hopefully eventually I'm not doing seven right. days a week, you know, I can schedule out, well, here's exactly when I'm building my shorts and here's what parts of the shorts I'm building. And then it's like, you feel like there's more of a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. as opposed to the, it'll be done when it's done, you know? Yeah. Well, you're doing an amazing job because uh, Brendan Bashardi calls it the cram principle. You've heard it. Have you ever heard of growth mindset? I've heard of it, yes. All right, so for, for the listeners, there's a uh, Carol Dweck. She has a book called Growth Mindset, uh, psychiatrist, amazing lady, super educated. Fixed mindset, growth mindset. Fixed mindset is, oh, man, you know, my family's short. You know, they're not athletic. I'll never be a good athlete, never be a good ball player. Like, really just putting limits on yourself because of life's happenings. Oh, right. I failed the math test. I'm not good at math. Right. I told myself this whole my whole life. It's like you're not smart enough to write a book. You're not smart enough to do the Daily Dojo Planner. It's like you're not smart enough to get up and speak. And it wasn't until I was like 28, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, and you had to write on something and throw it in the fire. Like, what were some of your limiting beliefs? And I wrote on there, "Not smart enough." I threw it in the fire, and I listened to Grant Cardone one day because he talks about writing his books. And his couple of his buddies were like, oh, you know, you, you missed a comma here. You missed a period here. And he turned around. He's like, where's your book? Mm. And it was like, damn. Because guess what? The people that are creating stuff that are doing well, they're going to cheer you on. It's the, it's the haters. I was like, but again, organically, I'm writing the book for me. So I have two books. One's called 10 Feet Tall and Bullyproof for Kids. It's my own little self-published book at the dojo. Um, and then the Dally Dojo Planner, that's on, on online on Amazon. So going back to that's the growth mindset. It's like, wow, I could be better. And cram is what, exactly what you're doing. Curiosity. Or some people are like, everyone's like, I have a growth mindset, Mark. Yeah, I have a growth mindset. No one wants to say I have a fixed mindset, right? You know, it's like I've, um, most people haven't, up, you upgrade phones, but they rarely upgrade themselves. Mm -hmm. What I was doing, I was letting, Julian, I was letting a 13-year-old kid who was bad at reading still decide that he's not smart enough at 30 years old. Yep. I never upgrade it. Like, that's insane. How do you know if you have a growth mindset? You're progressing. In your life right now, you have progress. Now, a lot of people can't say they do. 
you, you got progress. Right. And the way you get a growth mindset and have progress in your life is C in CRAM stands for curiosity. You're curious. How do I get a better podcast? How do I blow this up? What are people not doing? Like you're doing it. Responsibility. Hey, this is up to me. No one's going to do this for me. I'm the hero of this story. I'm not the villain. I'm not the victim. I'm not going to blame other people. Oh, podcast. It's just too hard. Everyone's doing it. You're like, shit, I'm going to do this and make this happen. You have that tough love for yourself. A is ambition. Mm. What am I excited about? I want to have the, you know what, the future, I want to be able to have a person on Monday on my schedule because the podcast is that good. I want to have a studio in New York. Like you got fire. Right. And then the last one, M, is mastery. Now I know who I am. I know what I like. I know how I'm growing. Let me dive deeper into this. Let me make this better. So it's just the questions you got to ask yourself. It's like, I have so much to do. Who could I delegate to? Hey, right now I'm rocking and rolling at this podcast thing. I built something so amazingly, so organic. Maybe there's someone I can take on underneath my wing and show them a little bit, but they're doing some of the video editing for me. Right. So yeah. it's just setting your team up and strategizing and being aware each and every week what's working, what's not working, how do I make it better? And I'm and I'm looking forward to that too. Like that actually is not an issue at all. My thing is that I need to be able to pay them. And I need to be able to pay them pretty well. And when it comes to the editing the product, I can't have someone remote. They got to be here with me. Gotcha. It's just, it's how it is. Because the one thing I had to make sure of right away is, is I'm like, when I start this, I'm like, you know, all right, you're dumb enough to start a podcast and leave everything behind. There's, there's, that's never been done before, right? There's a fucking million, four million of them out there. So if you're going to do that, everything that is in your control Everything that's in your control, because a lot of it's not in your control. Growing the audience, people deciding to listen to it, that's like you put yourself in the best position, but it's not in your control. You're not clicking the button for them, right? right? So the things that are in your control that can lead them to a higher chance of clicking that button and giving you a shot, you need to do it and you need to do it right. So the production of this thing and the detail I put into it, it has been that way since day one. Some things I get better at. Some things I go over time, I'm like, you know what? That was overdone. I don't need to do that. That actually makes the product worse doing it that way. So let's try it this way, right? So there's things that change, but you know, when you you get what you pay for and you get what people feel like they're a part of. And to me, anyone that that works with me needs to feel like they they own this as much as possible. Like no one's ever going to care as much as I do because it's mine. Just like no one's ever going to care about your right. dojo as much as you because it, it's yours, right. right? I recognize that. But how can I make someone be a part of this and feel like it's fucking theirs and and they they give such a shit about it to the point that I'm never going to find someone who gives who cares that much. You know, that's my battle. And so I'm trying to get to that point slowly, but you know, the fastest I can it's going slowly, but the fastest I can to be able to say like all right, now I got my guy in here with me. We can divide and conquer. I, you know, I'll need 90 days to sit with that person and it's it's going to be that kid Alessi like he's awesome and he's he's waiting to move up here right and is trying to move the clock himself by working on content now which is really cool but I'm like I'm going to need the first 90 days of hell for him to just know every detail and just get it through his head and then say all right now this now this is yours do as you wish and by the way if you find a better way with shit do it you nice. know what I mean so you're a thousand percent right about that but if, if there is 
if there's something that I've definitely struggled with my whole life that I'm trying to get better at, and it's you're not you're not saying it right now, but you said it earlier, and it does tie into all this. It's like you do have to be willing to ask for help, right? Like I've been the guy the whole time when I have to say the line like, "Please subscribe," you know, make sure you do this. I knew early on you have to say that, so I do. But like even that, I'm like, just like if they want to do it, let them I do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you got to be able to do that, mm-hmm. and that's just that's a really simple one. But then when you're talking about, you know, making the thing go forward or getting money behind this thing or something like that, like I could improve in that department for sure because I'm I've always just been like, just I gotta be great, so it'll just have to be great, and then and then it'll take care of itself, and that's true. But like if you can find your way into the right opportunity with people, like. You do have to take it, you know? Yeah. I forget who said it. It was understanding your strengths. Like a lot of times, if you're, say, a three at something in this podcast world, like something that you struggle with, but you have to do it anyway. You have to do it because you're the only one doing it. If you're at a level three, and if you really work hard at it, you can probably move up like two steps, like really hammer down. Now you're at five. You're still average, you know, and hate doing it, by the way, because it's not one of your strengths. But if your strength is talking on the podcast, creating the content, finding the interviews, that's like an eight. It's just you love it. It comes so natural to you. You improve that, you'll be at a 10. Right. So it's almost like someone else who's better than me at this area that I suck at, they may be doing at a level six compared to someone else's guy that does the same thing. But that level six that they're good at, but once they learn a couple of things, they'll be an eight. But that six is way better than my five. Right. So it's just, it's taking the inventory. Where am I at? I need a guy, 90 days. How do I make that happen? How? Sit down, tap your pencil. You'll come up with it. You'll figure out a way. 90 days. Dude, I'm going to pay you for 90 days. Or how about this? Like Gary Vaynerchuk says, it's like, Tell somebody, listen, I'll work for you for 90 days. Don't don't give me anything. At the end of 90 days, you love me, I'll rock. But at the end of 90 days, I learned something, I'll go somewhere else with it. Right. So it's many ways, again. And you have to find the people that have, like, you know, not a lot of people. This isn't to be, like, self-bragging. It actually could be the opposite. Maybe I'm a fucking idiot. But not a lot of people would would work hard for four or five years at the thing that they came out of college doing or whatever and finally make no money and they get to the point where they get a huge offer and they're going to have money and say, you know what? I, I, I can't do this. I, like, I don't like this. I need to do something else and start from zero. And right. that, that's what I did. Right. You know, I finally got to the point where it's like, you know, I could, I'm not like the biggest car guy or whatever, but like I could buy the best car I want in five minutes just by signing my name right there. And by the way, I've worked my ass off to get here. I've earned this. And my boss recognized that and was nice enough to say, all right, here we go. And yet I'm like, but this isn't going to make me happy. Mm. So you have to find like I put my – no pun intended. I put my money where my mouth is with that stuff. So how do I find people who are like that? Like I think I've found a kid who absolutely is like that. That's harder than you think. Yeah. You know, people are – I remind myself all the time, I've only ever lived in my head. You know, I can read other people's actions and the way they communicate and stuff like that and get some idea of some things, but you don't know what goes on. 
in right. someone else's head. You don't know what, what they're really wired for. Shit, my wiring probably changed 12 times throughout my life as to like what motivates right. me. You know, it's it's always changing, but it's like how can I find people that don't have to be wired the same way but have the same perhaps priorities of how they want to feel in life and how they want to get there to do that. And yeah. in this case, it's like be a part of something that they believe in work that they enjoy doing so it's not like you know you always have some work with something even if you love it it's what it is but like you know they look forward to doing it every day you know if i can get that here with me like that's enough they don't even have to be like the owner and care as much as me they just got to be like motivated like right. that you see what i'm saying well like attracts like yeah so i think you'll find somebody like you yeah and then the other thing is the way you want to be self-aware for yourself and ask the questions. It's the same thing with your team. Like, hey, what's your, what are you fired up about? What is, what motivates you? What do you need right now? So it's constantly checking in with your team to be able to be a little bit ahead of them. I, I need more money right now. All right, let's figure out some ways. Of my, you know what? I'm just passionate about this. I want to get, I want to learn how to do this part of the business. Well, let me show you that. So it's like different folks, different strokes. Yes. Everyone's different and it's trying to figure that out by, it's, it's tough being a leader. It is not, you know, being a boss, being a leader, being the person that's running it all. But the best thing you can ever do is just simply lead by example. I mean, people are going to see your work ethic. You don't have to tell them. They're going to know that you're putting right. in. The, they're going to see it. Right. And they know who you are, your character. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, so you got your track record. And it's just fi figuring out, you know, creating your own little culture within the podcast world that you have here. Yeah. How do you... You know, you have a lot of different people working with you over there. It's like, how do you constantly stay on top from like a communication standpoint to accomplish what you were just talking about? Understand what's important to people at the time, not just in the job, but like in their life and how that impacts what they're doing with you and also like their happiness. Like that's stuff you clearly care about. What, what do you – do you have like a system per se where you check in with people or is it more just like – a feel yeah i've gotten better over the years right now we have a system every night before the night starts we kind of have like a quick half hour staff training but on thursdays we have book club mm, and on tuesdays cool. we talk about instructor training like just how to make yourself a better instructor um but for me what's nice about me it's like i get to see these kids grow up they're like 12 years old and they're white belt. And then all of a sudden it's like, now they're 17 and a black belt. I got to know them. I know their character. Obviously, if you make it the black belt, you love the culture. You love being here. So I have a, a pretty cool, a pretty cool, you know, career path in a sense. I get to know who these people are. I'm not just hiring someone off the street and hoping that they're going to be a right fit. I know them. I like them. I trust them. I respect them. Mm. The only hurdle is getting people to see martial arts as like a, a career you know, it's still one of those things. It's just like, wait, what do you want to do? I mean, I, I married up. You know, I, my, um, my wife, her parents, teacher, lawyer, really great family, and I, and I had a great family. I, you know, but we were high school sweethearts. So here we are, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, and it's just like, Mark, what do you want to do? Her family, it's like, I want to have a karate school. It's like, <laughs> I got two older brothers. You know, not doing the right thing. I got no dad around, and you know, mom's working three jobs, cleaning toilets to make ends meet. And it's just like, all right, you know, like any parent would, I'd be a little skeptical, like, yo, this guy you want to spend the rest of your life with possibly wants to teach karate. But now it's become quite the career for a lot of people. It's, it's 
with mixed martial arts and people saying, especially self-development, you know, martial arts is great, but uh, it's getting them to see it as a career and doing better at that. And for the ones that don't want that though, but that love the, the consistent teacher that a hobby like this is, you know, a, a, even for them, like a, a place of competition like this is, you know, I got to think that that's still when you're talking about life with, with those people that maybe aren't going to do this. Because again, like when you're talking about career with this, as far as I know, there's three main ways that can go. You can be a professional fighter, which is the hardest one to get to because it's like 0.0001%. You could be a somebody who owns and teaches a gym like you, which also – you better be dedicated like you were to build it over many years and get to the point where now you're in that top percentage and actually doing well and, and, and making good money with it. Or you could be someone who – I don't even remember what the third one was. Either way, it's a limited selection. So the people who maybe have another ambition or something like that, it's like you can still – I would imagine in talking with them, you can still use – the thing you guys have in common, which in this case is training and, and the martial arts and all the thinking and processing that goes into that along with the physical endurance to be able to relate that to the lessons within their life and, and what they want to do. Because if they got good at martial arts, that means they have some sort of baseline of discipline, of mm -hmm. being able to focus on something, being able to set goals and improve. And so therefore, if you know if they want to be an accountant or an actor, whatever it is, or everything in between, it's like, well, now you can you can work on just applying what you did here to that. Yeah. I It's the coolest phone calls I get. Coach Mark, how are you? I'm like, yo, what's going on? It's like, I can't believe it. You know, this is going great in my life. And it's, you know, and it's all the things that you talk, like no one ever comes back to me, Julian. It's just like, dude, that jab, cross, hook, reverse knee combo you taught me <laughs> back in the day, sick used it yesterday like no one ever <laughs> like hopefully nine times like i've never only fight i've ever been it was my older brother it's like hopefully you never have to use it and most people don't use it so why else are you training and it's always the messages your attitude is your altitude you know every day and every way i get better and better it's like good better best never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best like it's all these things that they constantly hear at the dojo whereas i get uh toby He's a cop in Virginia, I think, called me a couple months ago, probably last year, crying. He was just like, you don't understand. Like, I got shot on the job. Mm. And all that went through my mind was the training at the dojo. Be quick takeoff. Don't be first. Don't be last. Got to move. Let's go. Your attitude determines your attitude. I'm sitting in the bed, feeling depressed and sorry for myself, thinking about how you always say, your attitude determines your altitude. Sitting in the yes. bed, having a positive mindset. Perception is the only thing that can change my reality. Finding the meaning why I'm sitting in this bed and using it to fuel me. So it's like that is what the students get. And they take, like you said, and apply it to everything else when they move on in life. It's so cool. So it's the psychology of their life. Yeah, it's yeah. the baseline of it. And, and that's why I'm trying to dig deeper into the whole self-development thing and just making it fun and making it something that people want to enjoy hearing and doing more of. When when did your when did your dad pass away? Mm, that was How old 5 years ago. Oh, so that it wasn't was that weird. long ago. Yeah, it was weird. I I haven't I didn't talk to him for like 
I don't know, 15 years and I didn't know where he was. And then I get a call and it was just like, your father's in the hospital and he's on his deathbed or whatever. And it's just like, I walked into the room and you know what? It's, it's funny. Thanks to self-development. It's like, as I had a, a great dad, I actually had a good relationship with him growing up. He just had demons. You know, he had a, a stepfather that beat him. He ran away at the age of 14 with a carnival. And it's just like, he was a roadie. Oh, he was literally a roadie, you know, and he worked up. He did a lot. He provided for his family. You see why, that later why, on. Why hadn't you talked with him for so long? Just the mental, it just wasn't a good person to be around. He didn't add value to my life. Instead, it was kind of stole the joy a little bit. And um, and I was, I was, What's good to know is Tony Robbins said that in one of his documentaries, it's like if you're going to blame somebody for the bad that they caused, blame them also for the good that they caused. Like mm. for me, it's good. like unfortunately, it's like my dad was a yeller. He broke things and stuff like that. It's just like I never raised my voice to my wife. It's like I never like I don't drink. I don't do anything like that. My dad was the alcoholic later on in life. And um but I was understanding of that. Like, hey, listen, he had a hard life. He did the best he can. Because as you get older, you start to see, like, man, the men the mindset yeah. is like crazy. And uh world's nuts. And as you grow more, it's just like it beats you down a little bit. So I understand where he was and why he was. But at the same time, it's okay that I didn't surround myself with it. So I get the call and I walk into the hospital room and then when I walk in, I was like, that's not my dad. Like it was like weird, this long hair. And he's laying there, and I look, I look just like him. And what's crazy for me, Julian, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him in the bed. He's like passed out. He had wet brain from drinking so much. I don't know mm. if you ever, you ever hear of that wet brain. It's almost no. like, it's almost like you're a wet noodle. Alcohol is the only thing that you can't cut. You just can't stop cold turkey. Right. You'll actually die. Did you ever hear of that? I think it's I alcohol, and I think the other ones like opiates, right? Those are the two you can't go cold turkey. We're definitely missing some, but there are a lot of drugs that you could. It's na it's always nasty, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, alcohol you can literally you can die. Yeah. And so I when I went in that room, I saw him and I was like, Wow. It was almost like like saying earlier to you on this podcast about like you do things to avoid pain or you do things to gain pleasure. I looked at him, it's like Mark that's what you could look like at your worst. It was almost like I saw my future if I continue to go down a path of like trying to do this on my own and not having the well future. And it's just like, or that's your future if you don't stay hardcore on your habits, your personal growth, your positive mindset, constantly keep doing what you should be doing to make your life better. So it was wild. So he was in the hospital. How, and he had tried to commit suicide via like alcohol with pills or something? Yeah, but supposedly it was kind of a weird ending i don't quite understand but he swallowed his necklace he had a gold necklace on a cross and it was almost like i want to be out of here i don't want to be in here and he they said suicide was the cause Jeez. of death yeah and his dad that his stepdad his real dad hung himself yeah so it's crazy Mental health, it is it is a thing. I remember I was just like, ah, it's, you don't need my my uh, my wife. Anxiety runs in the family, so some of them are on Zoloft. I was like, you don't need that, you know. Just take deep breaths, go for a walk. That's always always my belief, and it still is my belief because I think a lot of times people are just like, I'm depressed. Are you working out? No. 
Are you setting any goals? No. Are you surrounding yourself with good people? No. All right, well, here's medicine. It's like, do jump through the hoops first yes. before you take on the pills. Well, I think the other, and this is this has been like, it's come up on the side today without us really talking about it, but the other 500-pound elephant in the room here is the the phone culture and everything you get access to on that thing. And it's it's kind of funny because one of the great points you had been making was about talking with someone who needs help and making them pretend that it's their friend or someone close to them and asking how they would solve it. So then what are they forced to do? Go 30,000 feet in the air, look yeah. at a different situation, and suddenly they get clarity on their own. And yet, when you think about the phone, it's also a 30,000 foot in the air thing, but it has the opposite effect. And what I mean by that is when you are sitting there scrolling on that fucking thing, you, you're not watching yourself do it. Like set up a camera, right? I, I've left the cameras on here by accident before where then, you know, I scrolled without planning to do it for like 20 minutes. And then when I, when I put the video up, cause I have to put it on my computer cause I had another file on it. I'll see that on the raw cut real fast. And you will watch yourself sitting on your phone and it is, you, you feel disgusted. Yeah. You're like, look at you. Now there, in those cases, like the one I point out, there's no one else in the room or whatever, but it's like, you're not even like, you might as well not even be in that room. You're in this thing. And so when people are in that thing though, and they're sitting there and they, they don't see themselves just looking at this thing, not to say it's all negative. There's a lot of positive on the phone for sure. It's just like when they're stuck on it and they're scrolling and they're scrolling through content, they're just consuming everything. And they're, they're, while they're doing it, they also, in a similar way to you know, when you're trying to solve someone else's problem, they're looking at other people. And in this case, many cases, other people that they either want to make a judgment about or, or they wish they could be or both. And so then they never get in touch with the, well, how, how, let's say for a positive one, someone they want to be like, how does that person get like that? Are they sitting here doing what I'm doing right now all the fucking time? No, they're not. But you don't think like that because you're so stuck in this in this fake world. So it's like you're trying to come at it from the point of with helping yourself, there can be there should be like some healthy comparison to other situations that might be positive and say, oh, how can I get like that? Right. But in a way, the phone, because it it keeps giving you some sort of like entertainment or pleasure, it keeps you from doing that because you're so busy on watching what right. makes these other people great or faking being great, which right. is the worst scenario. It's a weird thing. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how, and they're they're saying that with COVID, like you're about to see who are the fakes. Because if you were doubling down and really learning and growing through COVID, coming out of this, you're like coming out of COVID for us with the Growth Dojo, we had a record-breaking year. It was like insane because we doubled down during COVID. Yeah. We learned more. We grew more. We did Zoom. We did... We did videos, we did fundraisers. Like we just really, like you saw that we were the real deal. Whereas a lot of times people through COVID, they were just setting up, you know, ads and just doing things because they knew people were home and they're faking their success and there's really nothing there. You know, I watch, uh, you know, Charlie De, Charlie D'Amelio on TikTok. Yeah, the girls, huge yeah. Yep. Amazing creator, awesome girls. I'm watching their reality show right now. And, they have a reality show? Yeah, on Hulu. And it's and it's cool because you watch her, her sister who's doing music and Charlie, who is more of the dancer. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, you're being, and and I don't want to take, I'm not taking this away from it all, but they're TikTok famous. Why? From just being TikTok famous. They got on before everyone else. Yeah. They were the cute girls. They were doing the dances. They were pretty good at it. And for some odd reason, they just had an aura about them that people liked. Yes. So you got famous from being just you on a video. And you watch her struggle now because she's trying to keep the train going. Yeah. And it's like, and both girls struggle with how do I like, how do like, like there was really no talent. There was really no, like they were good at something that made them popular. So now mm. they're trying to learn how to sing. They're trying to learn how to dance. And it's such a struggle and they're doing well with it. They're taking advantage of it, which is great. But I feel like online, you get a lot of people that it's just, it's just a lot of fakeness on there. And it's just like, you just got to double down on the realness of you and being authentic. Yeah, that's so interesting. I almost want to check that out now. Check it out because yeah. it's wild. Whereas you, you're getting good at something. But that he, so there's a good point though. I did have to start off zero, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, do I realize, I didn't think about this when I was first doing it or setting it up, but do I realize now like, you know, me getting on here and communicating with other people is my talent. Yes. Like I, I always took that for granted. I, I never, even when we were launching the first 50 episodes of this podcast, I never thought anything of that. Cause I'm like, well, I just, just do it. Right. But it's kind of like, you know, I was an average basketball player and yet I get on the, on the court with the dude who could have a 40 inch vertical leap and make it rain from 25 feet. And you'd ask him, how do you do that? And, and they'd be like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just shoot it, or like right. I just jump, yeah. right? Like they're just born with it, and so people can find that thing. But even if you have that thing, and maybe you're even aware of it at at the beginning, which I wasn't, the idea of someone having to go off zero to get to a place of where they're sustainable, they can put a roof over their head, they can they can put food on the table, you know, pay their bills, get the normal things in life. It's a lot of work and unknown to get to that. You know, what you're talking about is these girls <clears throat> happen to hit that. I lost my voice over the weekend, as you could tell. Sorry about that. But, like, these girls happen to hit something early, as teenagers too, where they now have a baseline to work off of. They do it. They've earned a lot of money for themselves. They've earned status. They've earned name recognition. And so they can – it's a lot of pressure because all the eyes are on them. They better not yeah. be bad at something. So I let's not discount that. But they can kind of work from a resource-rich scenario. The other people who are watching them, if they don't have the growth mindset, and most people don't, at least not naturally, you know, right. and then they never develop it, they think of all the reasons why, oh, they have that. I don't have that, so I could never get to that point with that thing. Right. Maybe they're working on singing or something like that. But what you really have to do, hard as it is, is just remember, like, you can only control you and what you're developing or working on every day. Once once that goes out the window, like the rest is kind of up to what it's going to be. If if you if I sat here day 1 and said, "Okay, let's pick out the top 10 podcasts in the world and let's hold ourselves to the standards that they expect of numbers from day 1." It's never going to work. Right. It's never going to work. But some of those people to their to their credit, they started on zero too. So, do you think they sat there the first day and maybe they were at the beginning of podcasting, so there wasn't a precedent. But do you think they looked at, you know, the late night TV shows and said, let's hold ourselves to that standard, right? Yeah. No. 
it's not it's not feasible. So I think what I'm saying is a lot of the battle is like setting your reality and saying, okay, I want to change that, but here's where I am. So I need to be fair to figure out like how I can take the first step instead of climbing the whole flight day one. You know what I mean? An inch is a cinch and a yard is hard. Yeah. And you, like think about it. It's like, you know, they ask the questions like, what would you do if you didn't get paid anything? You would just, you know, what would you do every day for free? It's like, you're doing that. Like you yeah. found your love for something yeah. and you're getting good at it. And and back to Charlie, it's whereas, and the, the, the reason why I bring it up because they're doing an amazing job. Like they're being hit with so much in such a yes. young age. But a lot of times people look at them as saying, oh, well, let me get likes first like they did, but they had it organically. But you don't realize, like, get good at something. Like, what do you want to improve on? And like you being organically, and there's a saying, the cream always rises to the top. If you're good at something, it'll flourish. And it may not have the same timeline as another person that does it, though, too. Yeah. You got to remember that. Timing's everything. You can do the wrong thing. You can do the right thing at the wrong time. It's like timing, you know? That's a real thing in life, too. I, I think about all the time, like, right people, wrong time, or, you know. Luck. Yeah. Yep. And it's just like that butterfly effect is so real, but you can't try to control right. when the butterfly flies Be and you. when it flaps your wings. It, you. It's wings. Yeah. yeah. Be you. It's tough. It's tough. But, you know, for those kids out there who are growing up with that and know nothing else, you know, the kids who are 15, 16 right now, it's like not forget just their goals and and having to see like everyone be perfect or pretend to be perfect that then they never get started it's also like because of the access to information and the ubiquitousness of pop culture and geopolitics all put together these kids who are 15 16 have without trying an awareness of fucking everything happening in the world you know and like is there a benefit to that? Sure. But to me, there's probably more downside at the developmental ages because, you know, if you're a 15 year old, I'm sorry, you don't need to be sitting there worried about, you know, nuclear war and, you know, intelligence right. operations happening that could be reversed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not that everything's so complicated for them. And then they're worried about whether it be politics or social issues or, you know, fitting in at the same time in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. And it's all coming through this little device in their hand that then they have a an addiction loop to to try to stay up with shit. It's like it's hard enough being in your 20s trying to figure this yeah. out. Imagine those kids who didn't at least grow up for some years where you didn't have like I didn't have the iPhone in my hand till the end of high school or something like that or the beginning of high, whatever it was. Like I was older. I wasn't I wasn't five. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. All you knew was the kid in high school had like a 225 pound bench press. Like that's where your marker was. Like these kids today, they go on social media. You see the greats, and it like you're like, well, dude, I'm, why even start benching? You know what I mean? It's like that comparison. Like they say that one of the worst things for your happiness is just to compare yourself to everyone else. Like you were saying earlier, with if if someone like you see all these great people, like. Don't want to be the rock now with his tequila line, his movies. Because like, yeah. that's what you see. And right away, you're like, that's what I want. Well, 
No, be the rock when he was Rocky, the corny wrestler, when he was struggling on the football team. Untrained like, no, football player. Yeah, like yeah. no one wants to go back. Like do that. Like be the Julian when you're one of the top podcasters in the world, right next to Joe, Joe Rogan in the next couple of years. Be the Julian that was doing it for free. Quit a, yes. a million dollar job, came home from New York, the coolest place to be at your age, and doing this for nothing. Yes. During one of the toughest times in history with COVID. It seemed, now, I, I obviously just met you, so I didn't know you when you were 20 or something yeah. like that. But you strike me as somebody who, yeah, you know, life changes and you develop as you've laid out today and you get different thoughts and different priorities and stuff like that. But you're the kind of guy you are. You haven't changed. Like you, you, you seem like the kind of guy who you're a very, very similar person, just much wiser and having gone through more struggles that you were when you were 20 or something like that. Am I, is that somewhat fair to say? I bought Nerf guns at the Walmart the other day. I, <laughs> dude, I brought them, I brought them into the dojo for the team and my wife's trying to like go over business <laughs> stuff with us and we are just smashing each other with the Nerf there guns. You go. I really, I really hit the jackpot. I really hit the jackpot. I get to be myself, and because of the martial arts, I get to be around young kids. Like, yeah, it is. It's me, and and I have to constantly tell myself, even with this podcast, it's like, dude, go on it and just be yourself today. Right. Be relaxed, like because you see it as you get older. It's just like everyone has stuff. There's some like not yes. everyone's perfect. I wish some of the people that were at the very, very top shared some of their struggles that they have now not just what they're yes. going through in the back yes it's like like i'm like even kobe bryant they were like oh you know when you miss a shot or you lose like what how do you handle that and he's just like dude like i'm one in like seven billion like i don't really don't matter it's basketball like ask your grandmother she has no clue who i am right like i'm just a basketball player it's right. okay and see that's that's that perspective to be able to have to separate you know what the what all the people around you and even the general public in that case who knows of you may say to you like, oh, you're a god and all this. Like, you know, you using the Nerf gun visual there is so perfect because it's like you haven't changed and like you've had a lot of success too as well. And the reason I was bringing that up is because, you know, there's a part of me that wishes I had figured shit out younger and not felt like I had to maybe do what I – bullshit – like that I thought was expected of me. It, it wasn't. That was all in my head, right? Like my parents are the best. Like they support whatever I do. I just always thought like, oh, I'm supposed to go to college, get the first job, do a respectable industry. And it's like I could yell at myself and be like, fuck, man, why didn't you just go for something like this? Or why didn't you think to do this even when you were in college or something like that? And then at the same time, it, it, for the longer vision, I'm grateful that I got to it when I did. Because I laid down the learning things I needed to. And this isn't to like rewrite history and, and you know, make it make sense to myself now and, and like validate everything I did. But it's like there was a lot of positive in learning how the world works for real. Like you don't they, – they can't teach you that in college, right? right? Like you, you have to go figure that out. Learning – Everything that's out there, all the different industries, all the different people. It's like, I got that. I got to speak that language. But maybe even above all is that I, you know, I'm a very not just like introspective person, but I, I like to study people. 
and I like to study their psychology, like people I don't know, you know, people who are public figures and stuff like that. And over the years, one of the things that even when I was in high school that just blew my mind is I'm like, how are people, why do people change so much with money or when their circumstance changes? That never made sense to me. Right. And then I worked in money and I worked in Wall Street. I got to see really rich people. And I got to see some great people in there as well. And I got to see some great people who struggled. And I got to see some people who maybe weren't as great. And, you know, they let bullshit bother them right. all the time that had to do with the, the money in their hand. And it's Zero. like I see all these people maybe on the internet now who, who blow up. And I got to watch them as, as social media became the biggest thing ever. And it's like all I think about all the time is who am I – what are all the things I like about – myself as like a human being right now you know like and towards the top of that list is i am just an off the hip fucking down to earth fuck it let's have fun kind of guy and all i tell myself and stay present with is like never let that change mm -hmm. like the worst the saddest thing i see about people is like when their fan base what like public figures will say you switched up mm -hmm. or like you changed and I, I was looking, I'm not going to say who, but I was looking at another guy who I've admired for a while last night who just did some shady shit to someone else. And you can hear it too because he talks about it and he can't even tell like where he is now. Like he can't even tell that like, oh my God, that startup mentality I had right. changed. That is the ultimate fear for me. Yeah. Never, like I want people that work with me to punch me in the fucking face. <laughs> When I do something wrong and I won't fire him, I'll give him a raise. Like yeah. I joke about that, but I'm dead serious. Like I've never changed to this point. I'm still worth fucking $9,000 at this point. So it's not like I've had that chance to change yet. But like I don't ever want that to change. Yeah. I want to be the, the dude with that grind mentality. Like that old quote other people have said on this podcast. It's like Marvin Hagler. I think it was Hagler. It was him or Hearns, but I think it was Hagler. Said it's really hard to wake up and train at 4 a.m. when you're wearing silk pajamas. Yeah. I don't ever want those fucking silk pajamas. They say money magnifies who you are. So if you're a dick mm. without it, you're just a bigger dick with it. Yeah. If you're a if you're the type of person like my mom, she has, you know, not financially, you know, successful, but man, she will give you her everything. She'll give you a shirt off her back. You give somebody and she's the type of person you give her money, she's like right away she's giving it out to everybody else. It's just like it's that's just who you are. So right. it's good to know who you are. And then the other thing is there's a story of like the king as he goes through the crowd, whatever the crowd's like, ah, the king, they're throwing roses, right? He actually hires somebody to whisper in his ear as he walks, You're just a man. You're just a man. Because you gotta remind yourself. Get people around you to punch you in your face and let you know that's what's so great about Joe Rogan. Like, you yeah. hear him on his podcast, like, it's just a bunch of dudes just around cracking on each other, not taking each other serious, talking about serious topics, but also being yourself. So, it's important. And look what he built just by doing that. But you how know? crazy is that for you being around that amount of money, saying that oh, I wish I did this, but. What made you go to Wall Street to begin with? Necessity, I think. The necessity of what oh. was it? The grind of like, all right, I'm, uh, did good in did good in high school. Got to go to college. It was just mm -hmm. the momentum of yeah. It's like, well, this is what you're supposed to do next, right? You know, I, I didn't have a clue. Like, I, listen, there's parts of me that are, 
I guess, mature for sure, maybe beyond other people my age. And then there are a lot of parts of me that are just so fucking immature, right? Like when I talk to women my age who aren't like at least a few years younger than me, I'm like, oh, listen, like do yourself a favor. Don't hang out with me. It's like you are far too mature. You know what I mean? Like there's like I'm aware of that. And I think if I could look back on, let's say, coming up near the end of college and like how I thought about things, one thing I was right about is I did tell myself I'm like you really don't know anything that goes on out there but I at least thought I had like the slightest clue like all right well you're supposed to go get a job in a good industry you know I was never a guy it's funny I do this now like probably half the reason I never thought to do this was because like I wanted to be the dude behind the closed back door making a deal you didn't know who they were now i gotta put my fucking face on yeah. camera it's a little weird but that's also the world we live in for pretty much anything you own mm-hmm. a business your face is fucking out there yeah. you know what i mean we don't live in that private world anymore i didn't know that i still thought like that other shit existed i still thought like the key was going through an industry and working hard and just being great at your job and like you know what for some people it is for for a lot of people it, it is there's a lot of people who don't want to be you know, an entrepreneur or someone who starts their own shit, they want to have a good purpose, do a job that they at least somewhat like and, you know, make good money doing it and have a nice family. That's great. But I, I think I thought that's kind of how it is for everyone. I didn't like think like, who are all the people I admire? What did they do? None, none of them took, right. very few of them took that path, right? So if I had had some awareness of that and I didn't, you know, maybe it would have been different, but. How fast did you know? You started Wall Street. How fast were you? Like, did something hit in your gut? Like, dude, I don't know. This is this is not what I thought it was. Gonna a year be and like. a half in. And how many years were you there? Almost five. That's where I made a mistake. Yeah. I held on a little too long to some things too long. It worked out, but like, if I could, say, if if there is one thing I could do over, it's that I would have started this a little earlier because I had that. I had enough of that knowledge that I got going out there and shaking hands and meeting people in the mm-hmm. world to be able to to have that perspective. And I think I had enough perspective to have the attitude I do towards the online community, which is that like, you know, 95% of anything you do that's high numbers is going to be all negative commentary. So you just got to like lean into that. Right. You know, and I've been 99.9% great with that. Most creators aren't. And I would not have been great with that if I started this at 22, 23. I would have right. let it crush me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's almost like going back to like, like you had to go through it. Yeah. Like you had to hate that so much to know that two years of no money being made and just working on something like it's like this actually you're being fulfilled like hating that so much allowed you to enjoy this so much and having to go through the grind of without getting stuff it's like again right it's the stories we tell ourselves we all get to change and control our own perception and the meaning you ever hear the book the man search for meaning by um victor you have so many you have so many good books you're a horrible reader (laughs) <laughs> like think about that like how bad of a reader i am and, uh, and i read the books but um he was in the holocaust mm. and his family being murdered being killed friends they're ripping his clothes off they're pissing on him talk He's about cold in the, in the in the snow yeah. and he was a therapist before he went there and the book is all about they can't steal my last freedom which is my response Every time there's a stimulus and there's a response, mm-hmm. something happens, 
Oh, car just cut me off. Response. It's in between the stimulus and the response that you have control over. That's your true freedom. Car cuts me off. Stimulus. Response. Ah, you mother effer, right? Honk the horn. Run back up. Road rage. Or, hmm, probably in a rush. Something's going on in their life today. Send a little prayer their way. Hope everything goes well for that person. So his thing was like, I'm in this horrific stimulus. My response is, you're not going to steal my last freedom, which is how I view this. The meaning that I put behind this torture. And it's, it's like Tony Robbins says, it's like one of his favorite books. And it's just your ability to understand that whatever you're going through, as horrific as the Holocaust or whatever you're going through right now in your life, you get to control the meaning behind that. I am a martial arts, successful martial arts dojo owner because I am the black belt, thankful for the bullies, thankful Mm -hmm. that my dad wasn't there. The meaning was he wasn't there because it allowed mentors to be in my life. Don Palmucci, John Mariano, my instructor, other instructors, like I gravitate towards that. Now, my wife and I, we don't have kids. We chose not to have kids. Because for me, I'm all in on helping others. And for me, mentors were like dads. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be there for every kid out there that was like me that oh, needs awesome. to help. So that's where I kind of get my father fix. But again, controlling the meaning behind it. Doesn't mean it wasn't painful. It means right. oh, that no, you want to yeah. at least get, you say, okay, it was pain. I don't want it to just be a 100% L though. I, yeah. I don't want it to just be... Like, I want to at least get something for my time of having to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so I take the positive. It, it's so true. I mean. Simple, but it ain't always easy. And the no, problem is, no. is if you don't surround yourself with, it's like, you got to talk with people that are positive. You got to read positive things. Because if not, you're being distracted by all the other stuff. Now, harder it is not to eat carbs and go to a party. <laughs> or not drink. Like, I don't, I don't, unfortunately, like, I don't hang out with people like it's either if we hang out we go to starbucks during the day Mm. like that's what i do like i don't go out to functions i don't like sports so i'm not coming over on a sunday and drinking with all the guys it's just what i don't do it's like was that like a decision because of your dad's alcoholism you were just like oh i might have that gene let's not do it the lows were getting lower yeah and they were getting longer it kind of had that breaking point to where my um my wife because it's just like I would still come to the dojo. I'm really, I got good at faking it, obviously. And I fake it because you, shit, you got to move on. Like, let's go. It's like, you got to go to work tonight. So no one ever knew I was going through it. But as I went home, my wife, it was just like, she was holding everything afloat. People were like, hey, where's Mark? Oh, he's, he's out at a meeting right now. Really, I'm at home on the couch. You know what I mean? So she's trying to do everything. And it was just like, I was like, I got to step up my game. It's, it's. I got to improve myself. I got to get better. And um, you just cut out anything that you could whatever, use as a negative influence. That hurts more. Yeah. Not being my best self. It hurts more not being there, you know, for her than to have a beer or to eat a French fry. Yeah. You know what? People get all uptight, including me, with some of the rah rah, like, oh, tell yourself, read yourself your affirmations and stuff. To me, though, it's very real if you can do things that actually – if you can tell yourself things that actually are real and aren't just in some fucking 
not reality, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm going to fly today. Tell yeah. yourself that a million times. You're never going to yeah, fly. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah. you got in an airplane. Yeah. That doesn't count, right? But if you tell yourself, like, I'm going to get this done today because that's what I'm about. I'm a professional, and, and this is what we do every day. Well, that can work. Oh, yeah. Like, that is the, the, the thing behind it to me that I find to be the, the key driver, though, is not the fact that, like, you just say it. There's a lot of people who just say it and they say, oh, well, I'll just wake up and say that in the mirror three times and that's it. Okay, cool. Got it in. Like right. push-ups. No. You have, to, you have to think about those words as many times as you said them and like believe in them. And this, I say this like, oh, you got it figured out. I don't, right? Like this is something I actively struggle with. And I'm like, well, wait, when I tell myself these things, I can't – like I, I, there actually has to be meaning behind it. And so you know, for you, it seems like – that those moments like sitting on the couch at home and having nothing to where you're then breaking down. Okay, well, what are the things? All right, well, I, I don't like drinking as much. I, I, the food I'm eating is shit, and my business is doing well, but I can't enjoy it because my head never feels right because of that. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, you know, when I hang out with people, it'd be a Starbucks or something. When I when I go to eat, you know what? Fuck it, I'm not eating pasta anymore. I don't need that because the other feelings worse. Right. And so part of getting that belief through is also remembering what the alternative is. Some people like, you know, I, everyone's hating on Russell Wilson right now because he's, he's playing like shit for the first time. I've always liked him, but I, I have always felt like he doesn't live in enough reality. You can sit there and say all the cliches 12 ways to Sunday. Maybe he's different in private, but, you know, you have to actually have an understanding that like there is something besides that. You need to – just because you want to be positive all the time doesn't mean that you can't recognize that in the world there is negativity right. and what does that do to you. You recognize that. That's a very important thing to like your positive infectious personality. Dude, I don't know. You might have to be a motivational speaker. I'm telling you, JD, JD, like <laughs> you are such a good listener. Like you just nailed everything back that I said today. And when you said the affirmation, dude, I'm going to get this shit done today. I'm going to nail this. It's the way you said it. And that's the difference between an affirmation and feeling it. Like, like you said, you can't look in the mirror and go, I'm really confident. Yeah. Like you have to send it through your body, your shoulders back, your chin is up. You got to hit that power pose. Like they, they did studies on the power pose. A lady, if you stand here like this, strong with your shoulders back, handling your hips, you'll start to feel confident. Yeah. If you stick a pencil, they did studies with depression, people with depression, they stuck a pencil in between their teeth, which forces them to smile. And by looking in the mirror and smiling, for smile, they got happier. Mm. So I haven't heard that one. You can re you gotta re like you gotta stop looking at life, which is pretty cool nowadays. The good part of social media, you get to see so many different ways people live their lives how they do it good perspective so now you get to be like like you said like i party at starbucks like that's like you have to <laughs> you that. have to tra you that's have great. to train and you have to change your mindset yeah it's tough because it's you know what you know why it's tough because not everybody does it what's normal is what monday through friday think about it oh shit it's monday so no one likes monday wednesday hump day can't wait for this week to be over. So you're already excited that you're almost done the week, meaning like you don't like being in the week. Thank God it's Friday, right? So it's like throughout the week, people are pissed, like they're not enjoying it. And then when the weekend comes, they say there's three kinds of people. Losers who talk about other people, complain mm -hmm. and talk hate on them. Average people, they live their life through events. 
Friday, we have a birthday party. Saturday, we have a football game we're going to. Sunday is Eagles game. So they yeah. only live their life through events. Anticipating events. Yes, too, that's yeah. what gets them excited. Yeah. And then there's people that are above average, like you and I, we're talking about goals. We're talking about what can we do? What can we accomplish? Who can we help? Today, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was in my journal this morning. Who can you help today? I was like, I want to do a good podcast today, and I want to teach good classes tonight. It's like... John Maxwell, back to him, he says, every day when you wake up, you ask yourself this one question, you will live a good life. One question, every day. Who can I add value to today? Other people, yeah. yeah. And make, th th that is a real thing, too. It's, it's a nice, selfish thing in the world. Is it, it, it's selfish, too. It's like yeah. when, when you are good to other people and help other people and add value to them, you add value to yourself. Like I, one of the things... It, you know, my, my, my friend Andy Bustamante comes up all the time for usually other reasons on this podcast. He's the CIA guy okay. you, were, you were asking me about before. It's like he he has like all these views geopolitically and, and about the world and all the problems in it because he worked an insane job, undercover spy that required him to do insane shit. And so naturally that's kind of what people listen to. But – he also, through having to do those jobs, even if there was enormous, enormous ele elements of manipulation because he was a fucking spy. It's what you have to do. Right. He learned about all the ins and outs or a lot of the ins and outs, I should say, of human beings and what makes them tick. And something that he said that really sticks with me is how other people – like. Everybody, no matter who they are, introverted, extroverted, away from people, with people, whatever, we all have an intensive yearning to be around and with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I think about you saying, how do I add value for other people today? That's because like when you add value for other people, not only do you feel good like you have a purpose, but you also get to be around them. It's an excuse to be around mm -hmm. people. And like when you're around them, if I'm, if you and me are just sitting in a room right now on our phones, we're not really together. We're, we're together. If we did this on Zoom. Oh, would, sure. Even that, and that's a that that's that's a better example. But yeah, good point, right? Like there's there's not as much presence to it. That's why I don't do Zoom, for example. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. But it's like if we're sitting here though, pretend the cameras were off for a second. The cameras are on, so there's at least a job here too as well. But you and I. We're talking like this before the cameras turned on. Right. If we're sitting here and, and I'm asking you questions because you have all these different perspectives on shit that I'm interested in to get myself better, you get to help me. And also, you know that in talking to me, like that's going to make – you're a guy I'm going to call up again because you add value for me. You yeah. know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly how you should be. But you want to do it from a place where you actually are adding that and you're not just trying to pretend right. to be something to get other people's approval. Right. People can tell if it's fake. Right. Everyone knows if it's fake. It's being a plus one person. It's like every time you meet somebody or do something like plus one, like what's your plus one? Did you say, dude, I love your boots or I saw you on Facebook. I saw that your kid did this. It's like leave them with a little something. They're the best kind of relationships. They said in marriage, I forget who the guy was. He did a divorce. He was a divorce attorney. And he said the study was he can, oh, he can almost guarantee a couple would get divorced if – if it was one pause or two, two, if it was like, oh man, I can't believe I'm messing this up right now. I know this too. It's like negative. Like you have to have, 
in a short sense, you have to have two positives for every one negative. Right. Most marriages or relationships, it's like one negative, one negative, one ne- one positive, one negative. One. It's like you're constantly bitching and complaining. And that's just going to tear the, com- the relationship down. But if you're constantly adding, 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 like... I'm a part of, my wife is not there for my happiness. It's like, I control my own happiness. I want to give to this relationship. And when you come at it from a given, but like you said, it's selfish because when you give to others, you feel good. Yeah. So it's like, shit, I want to keep feeling good. Who can I keep helping? Yeah. And then it comes back to helping enough people get what they want and you'll have everything you want. So it's like, it's like this weird, weird, awesome thing that's happening. You're being yourself. You're learning something. That thing that you learn, you're getting so good at it that you can help other people through it. You can make money at it because you're so good at it. But now you can take that money and continue to repurpose it, make your podcast better, reach more people, or give back sneakers. You know, I just did Dancing with the Stars of Gloucester County. <laughs> How'd little, that seg- come up? little segue to that. Little now. segue. Because <laughs> on my mind, we just raised $25,000 for Center for Family Services. Oh, wow. But, that's uh, awesome. dude, it was sick. Gloucester, Gloucester County times, the Gloucester County Dancing with the Stars, they pick six business owners every year. And they haven't done it in the past two years because of COVID. Right. But each competitor picks a nonprofit. So you raise money. So it's pretty cool. It's like you're learning how to ballroom dance. There's three competitions. It's all on local TV, Alettos and uh, over in Deffert. And there was three competitions, July, August, and September. September was the finale. I didn't raise the most. I was trying to raise the most. Another lady, she raised 42000 which was awesome. Wow. But you got six people raising money together. Like We raised like over 100-some thousand, but I did win. Oh, you won. I, you were the best I, dancer. That, I, you competitive know, that, that, son of a well, bitch. I came out strong with that. <laughs> Dude, JD, it was awesome. It was just like, you know, you watch movies like like a karate tournament, you know you're winning because you're ahead in points. Or you know you're losing, you need a point to win. Like baseball, like you're doing something. You know what the scoreboard says. Right. That was like, dude, this is our third competition. I don't know where I am. Like, they're just going to do an announcement. Like, you don't know what the score is. It's an art. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, this year's winner for Dancing with the Stars 2022. <laughs> oh, man. They were like, Mark Moore. It was like, what? It was like the movies. It was so cool. But it was all for a good cause. You know, I took it serious to the point where it's like, again, I love music. For some odd reason, I was born in the wrong era. I like disco music. Yeah. And I have, I'm good coordination dancing, but uh wasn't a ballroom dancer, but I did a disco. I did the hustle. The final finale where we came out to uh, everybody was Kung Fu Fight. Oh, come on. That's fucking great. But we came out to, I mixed the song myself actually. Came out, we had the karate uniform on, and I brought this board out of my, out of my, uh, out of my uh, karate uniform at the dance comp. Props, bro. Wow. People love props. You know, Carrot Top? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like the Carrot Top of dance. (laughs) So I'm holding the board. And in the beginning of the uh, song, when it's like, oh, it goes really slow and then he goes everybody was she hits the board and all of a sudden it goes to this club beat of uh staying alive it was like everybody oh was my God, i'll say i'll say i'll say the video I at the end of this. dude she hits it we start doing these dance moves take off the uniform i got this like um get the chills talking about it right now like like david <laughs> copperfield shirt on like a jewel like jewels all down it dude we tore it up it was awesome that's fucking yeah. great i literally went all in on it. i was like dude you'll never get this opportunity again and I was just like there four times a week, learn to dance. Was I kept thinking again, 
Was that just to like try a new thing? You you wanted to do something that you weren't necessarily comfortable with? Like what well, was... they asked me. I knew it was for a good cause. Yeah, I got to do three true. things again. Going back to like knowing yourself, self awareness. Yep. I got to do three things every day. I got to either grow, give, or have fun. I'm not growing. I'm not reading it. I'm not watching it. I'm not doing it. If I'm not giving back somehow, I'm not enjoying my day, my life. And if it's not fun, forget about it. Right. Again, going back to the Nerf gun thing, which is why I struggle sometimes. My wife and I are a perfect balance. Like she runs the office, I run the mat. And once I go into the office, it's like, get me out of here. It's like, yeah. I don't want to look at a computer. I struggle with that kind of stuff. But as long as I'm doing those three things, and this opportunity was like all three. I could yeah. learn dancing, yeah. get to have fun, and get to give back. Get so back, yeah. I was all in on it. That's great. And like you also, and it's kind of come up throughout what you're talking about today, but like you and your wife were high school sweethearts. You've been married for a long time, obviously, mm -hmm. because of that, because yeah. you were kids when you were together. Yeah. And like you guys run a business together. It seems like you have a great marriage and everything. And what you were saying way at the beginning of that with like the divorce attorney saying, yeah. I got... If, they, if it's one positive for a negative, it's a bad sign. If the ratio is worse, it's it's a catastrophe. Yeah. Whereas like the people who are trying to give to it and and maybe they, you know, there's always a negative somewhere. Like shit comes up. Oh, it's yeah. life. But like, you know, they're averaging two for one mm -hmm. or better, you know, because they're they're committed. It's like the the thing that I don't want to get lost in that is that involves intensive communication too. It's not just like, ooh, let me go do a good deed for her today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that simple. You have to know, like, what what does she respond to and why why does she need something? Like, what what's going on right now in life might not have to do with me that, like, is leading to that. Okay, well, let's get to that. Let's figure out, like, oh, do we got to reset things? Your wife with you when you were on the couch and morose. Like, yeah. she's talking with you and lifting you up and, and saying, like, okay, well, what – you have a successful business. We have a good marriage, you know, but you're feeling this way. So what, why is yeah. that? You know, is it the part of life you got to? Is some of it some genetic wiring? Is it you need a kick in the ass? Like, what is it? And that leads to you having like what I would amount to from what you've described today, four or five different discoveries over like a four or five year period yeah. that then have got you to this point where it's like, I feel fucking great, man. Yeah. You know, like that does start with your wife there. It goes back to choosing your heart. It's hard to have a great marriage. Yeah. Right? It's also, but it's that hard that you put the effort into the rewards that you get from it. So yeah, 25 years since 17. And, it's amazing, uh, man. Congrats. And it's crazy because I had the, the hoopty car my buddies used to pick up and put on the, on the uh, curb. It was like a four-cylinder <laughs> Ford. Escort with a different colored door. Here she comes, coming from the attorney family. Like her parents took her to the car show to get her first car. And it's like <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Mine was five hundred dollars, you know. And it was just. And now I joke because I bust her parents' chops. In the beginning, obviously, I was like the non-Jew in the family, and it's just like <laughs> they were like, I don't know about this. You know, he's not going to go to college. He's not Jewish. You know, whoa, what's going to happen? It's now they like me more. They like her. <laughs> but also I bust her chops. I'm like, hey, you know, it's cool. You know, I took your daughter's diploma and I put it up on the office. It's cute that she got that. Now she works for me. Quickly, I catch myself. I work for her. She's the real boss. But again, we got a bless. Got a, our own house. We own the building there. And we got a shore house. And it's crazy just teaching Where martial arts. Shore? Margate. Nice. Nice. And, Good uh, spot. And just to be able to. It's funny. It's like, I got everything. I got more than I ever thought I would have. 
which is kind of a blessing and a curse because it's kind of like, whoa, now what? But again, I know it's cliche and I know it's silly, but just enjoy what you do. If yeah. I didn't have all these things, I'd still be like, like, cause she'll be like, you know, I'm, you know, you better start cleaning up the house and bringing your clothes upstairs. And I always joke with her. And the Italian mom, I don't know if your mom did everything for you, does everything for you. She, uh, no, but like little things, if if I'm being an asshole, she'll yell at me while she does it and then tell me to do it the next uh. time. <laughs> and I usually do. Like she always would tell me, it drove me nuts, but she would always tell me all the things I don't do, which would then make me think I didn't do anything. So then I always do a lot. Yeah. And that's probably part of why yeah. I have the work ethic I do. So I guess it worked. Good. Yeah, so I joke with her. I was like, listen, if you don't bring my clothes up, I'm going to call my mom up. She'll come over here and she'll do it. So we have a really good relationship. You know, it's honest communication, like you were saying. Yeah. Got to let her know, hey, listen, I'm not feeling my best right now. Let me do my thing. So It's a little thing, but that's a big deal. To yeah. be able to have someone that you have that, yeah. there's that understanding both ways too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But listen, man, I, I've really, really enjoyed this. I told you before we did this, I haven't done a podcast with someone just kind of talking about mentality and going through like discipline and stuff like that. And it's it's an important topic to me, but also to a lot of people out there. You know, people listen to to podcasts, hopefully also to like figure out ways to be introspective about themselves too. And I get to sit here and listen. I get to do it live, right? It's the best thing ever. But I really, really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing your experiences with me and everybody else. Dude, you are the man. You're an incredible listener. You said everything back. I felt really comfortable here. I appreciate it. Well, that's Good the best, opportunity. That's the best thing I could ever hear when people You're say You're the man, JD. Thanks, dog. I appreciate, appreciate you. you, all right? Yes, sir. Everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace.